We are part of a community, a family together. And it's so important that it's not just for those who are directly involved in the whole um, area of parenting, but it's also important for us as we support one another. And the reality of it is for every single one of us here, and I can say this with 100% certainty, you've all got parents, or you've all had parents in the past. And so what I've got to say this morning does actually have relevance to you and how you consider them how you think about them, and how you honour them. So I just want to encourage you to uh, be fully, fully engaged. Um, this morning isn't going to be specifically about parenting as a whole. I do just want to mainly focus on the text um, itself. And I suppose I just want to start off really by speaking personally that I think being a parent um, is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And I think the longer I've done it, the more aware I am of my need for God's grace and mercy in it. You know, when, when Charlie was just young, Charlie, are you still in? Where are I? Oh, you're at the back. I can see you hiding. Brilliant. I know it's Josh who's done a runner. So, um, sorry, you're, you're, you're gonna, everyone's going to hear about parenting. And uh, I'll, I'll try not to embarrass Charlie too much in, in, in the way through. But, but I think when, when Charlie and Josh were little, um, you know, I had aims and ambitions of being the best parent ever. And, do you know, I was going to set right everything that had been done wrong in the past. But what I've become aware of is the longer I've gone on is my need for God's grace and mercy. And... With my, I've got four boys. With my lovely boys, what I notice is more and more how they reveal my character flaws, my weaknesses. In actual fact, they reveal my sin. Don't you often find that? The people you live with closest are the ones that probably as well get the brunt of all the worst bits about us. And so as I'm speaking about these things today... I don't feel that I'm speaking as an expert by any means. I, I feel very much I've had an awful lot of practice over the last 14 or 15 years. I think sometimes I've got things right. Actually, 16 years, sorry. Sometimes I get things right. Um, sometimes I get things wrong. I know as well with parenting, it can be a real area for comparison and condemnation. So when they're little, it's... Is your child speaking yet? Are they walking yet? Can they ride a bike yet? Have they been accepted for Oxford or Cambridge yet? They're only three, but have they yet? As they get older, about what exam results are they expecting? What universities are we looking at? How are they doing in their walk with God? There's a whole load of different stuff that can be the cause for comparison and condemnation. That can be pretty tricky. Again, I don't want to make that any worse. And I also know that families come in very different shapes and sizes. And increasingly, grandparents are taking a bigger and bigger role in, in bringing up their grandchildren with the, the whole area of working families and the uh, challenge of balancing life and the challenging of, challenge of earning enough money to survive. So I think it's safe to say we're all on a journey. 
And there will be some things you're much stronger than me in and other things that I speak about today and from the word of God that will come as a challenge to you. I think I just want to say as well that if you are a parent here and you've got children at home, please do not go and implement what I'm saying over the Sunday lunch meal table. Do not decide this morning that you are going to write all the wrongs that you have done, but be wise and pray and get advice. Because if you've got 10 years worth of parenting under your belt already, your child is going to take some adjusting if you're going to change how you're going to do things. It's going to be hard for them too. So you just need real grace and wisdom in these things. Should we pray? Does that sound like a good thing? Why don't we stand because you all look nice and relaxed and settled? If you feel comfortable, why don't you sort of put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you if you don't know them? You might want to ask permission first. And why don't you just raise your voice and pray that this morning will come as a real blessing, that the word of God will be preached with power and authority and that your hearts will be open to whatever it is that God wants to say. Why don't you just pray? I'm not going to pray. You pray for a moment. Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that it is powerful and effective. I thank you, um, Father, that, that, that when it's preached with integrity and clarity, Lord God, that it is useful for training and correcting and strengthening and encouraging and bringing insight and wisdom. And I ask, Lord God, would all of those things happen this morning in what is going on? I ask you, Lord God, particularly for those who are actively parenting at the moment with children at home, oh God, would you pour abundant grace upon them right now. Lord, I ask you, Lord God, that you will give them fresh patience. I pray, Lord God, that you will renew their hope. I pray, Lord God, that you will fill them with faith for their children. Lord, I ask you when they feel that they are at the end of their tether, maybe even just getting here today was an incredible result. Lord, I ask you, Lord God, that you would strengthen them and help them at this time. Lord, we look to you, the perfect Father, and say, Lord, in our weakness, would you come and make us wise and strong as we follow you. Lord, I ask you for parents here today whose children have left home. I thank you, Lord God, it is never too late to play a role as a parent in someone's life. It's never too late. They're never too far away. Lord, and I ask even there for fresh hope and grace and strength for those who've grown up children, no, maybe who've got broken relationships, Lord, I ask for such wisdom and mercy from you that they would know how to step back in, that they would know how to rebuild, how they'd know how to bring restoration and grace. Oh Lord, I ask, I ask for an overflowing of your mercy and your compassion this morning, Lord God, as I speak. I pray, Lord God, whatever I bring, you'd multiply it ten times for, for your glory, for the extension of your kingdom, Lord, that we would be a prophetic people, a prophetic people in our community showing something different, showing a different way.
Oh, Lord God, I pray, would you come? Fill us, renew us, strengthen us, and help us, we pray. In your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Why don't we take our seats? I feel quite worn out. I think I might have a sit down. In 2014, there were 18.6 million families in the UK. 18.6 million families in the UK. 12.5 million of them, 12.5 million of them were married couples. There were 2 million lone parent families in the UK. 91% of them were headed up by, by the women of the household, which meant the men had, had left. million children are living below the poverty line. In a classroom of 30 children, that means 9 in every 30 children are living below the poverty line. Fifty thousand children in the UK have been identified as needing protection from abuse. One in three children are a victim of cyber bullying. Last year they estimate that there were 36,000 sexual offences against children. They estimate, they don't know. The, the average gap in GCSE results between those who receive free school meals and their peers is 28%. There is such a great need for God's wisdom in the whole area of families and parenting I know sat here today, there are parents and you're in all different situations and circumstances and I want to honour you for all your prayers and effort, heartache, how you keep going. We need God's grace and wisdom. What does he have to say? Well, he says in Ephesians chapter 4, This is what the Bible says, verses 1 to 4. I think it's the shortest passage in the whole Ephesians series we're reading out. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. What I want to do this morning is really just take the first verse, and I want to look at it from two different sides. So I want to take that verse here, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, and I want to look at it from two different sides, and then I just want to um, finish or 
make a sort of secondary point looking at the whole way at that how do we as adults honour our parents and then lastly I want to very much look to see what the Holy Spirit wants to do as we minister and as we connect with God together. Is that okay? So we're going to take that first verse. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is a very simple command, but it's a very challenging one. Clearly, this is written to children who are living at home. So it's children who are under their parents' roof. The first, the first side of the coin, as, it, as I want to say, okay? The first side of one coin is this. You'll notice that this instruction is clearly directed at children. Paul starts by giving them an instruction that they are to take off disobedience and to put on obedience in just the same way as other parts of the Christian community are to take off things that are not part of their new identity and put on things that are part of their identity. Do you remember over the last few weeks we've been talking about this? This isn't about a moral code. This is about God's people and learning to live in a way that reflects our new identity as Christ followers, as Jesus followers. And so Paul says, I don't know when it was written out to the church in Ephesus, if it was a little bit like this, but it's interesting to know all the children would have been present. And that instruction Paul was writing was for them to hear. For them to hear. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. They were in their own right part of the Christian community, and they are for us as well. We are so blessed to have so many children and teenagers with us. Don't you agree? I mean, even as I'm looking around now, I can see sort of the really little ones being held by mum or being held by dad. It's, it's so great that we are a church of just different ages. It will be an incredibly sad day for kings. I don't want to be around when it happens if there are no children here. And I know when the boys are running around at a million mile an hour at the end of the meeting, that it can be a bit distracting and it can be a little bit annoying. And if only Paul would sort his four boys out, it would all be all right, which is fair comment. But isn't it better? Isn't it better that we are a church with lots and lots and lots of children? By the way, we nearly couldn't run our kids' work this morning because we only had three helpers in there. We're a community together. It's so important that we all carry the weight, so important that we're all active in serving. And I know so many of you are active. I, I, I look at that and I see Mike Sparks and I think, Mike, you're the last person I want to look at. He's, he's an incredible servant in the church. Incredible servant. But it's so important that we're all actively involved in serving. And if we've, got, if we've got children in children's work, I think it's a right expectation that you should be involved in serving there as well. You're getting the benefit of it on the one hand. Just for you to leave there. I didn't, as you can tell, I didn't have that in my notes, but you can have that one for free. You may say, well, children obey your parents. That doesn't seem very grace-filled. That, do, that doesn't seem, that's not very new covenant. 
obedience in the new covenant. I don't know if that is the case. But actually we find obedience is a very key part of our Christian faith. It says in Romans 1 verse 5 and 6, this is Paul and his apostleship. He says to bring about the obedience of the faith for the sake of his name among all nations. As Christians we're called to obey Christ. We may not like it, but that is an outworking of our faith. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, we're told to take every thought captive to obey Christ. Obedience is a really important part of our Christian faith. It is, it is faith-filled obedience. So you may think, think is, it, is it right that we tell our children to obey their parents? Yes. But also... As adults, we're called to be obedient as well. We find the most perfect example of an obedient adult life in the life of Jesus Christ. It says in John 15, verses 9 to 11. You may want to turn to it because I know it's not up on the uh, PowerPoint. John chapter 15, verse 9 to 11. This is what Jesus said, his own words. Okay, it is up on the PowerPoint. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So Jesus is saying, as the Father has loved me, so I love you, my disciples. Abide in my love. We, I like this bit. You know, I, I think this bit I can wholeheartedly take on board as a Christian the Father loves Jesus, Jesus loves me, I remain in Jesus' love. Easy peasy, I like that. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. You see, this, this is a conditional promise of blessing. The way we abide in Jesus' love is by obeying what he teaches us to do. If you're living a rebellious life, you're not abiding in the love of Christ. You're not enjoying fellowship with him. He says, what? Just as I have kept my father's commands. This is Jesus, the son of God. He's the one that raised the dead, healed the sick, was the most gifted, anointed, powerful teacher that ever existed. And he says, I've obeyed my father's commands. As a 33-year-old man, perfect man, he says, I have obeyed my father's commands. And abide in his love. Wow. Obedience. A key part of following Jesus. And then it carries on and says this. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be filled, full. There is a joy you find in obedience. I mean, there is a, there's a lie in society that, hey, you, you don't want to obey rules. You just want to go out and have fun. But there is joy in obedience. There is joy in faith-filled obedience as we follow Christ, as we obey what he says. Love, obedience, clearly linked in relationship. If we keep Jesus' commands, we remain in his love as Jesus was obedient to his Father's commands and that we may know joy that is full. Love, obedience, fullness of joy. Psalm 16, verse 11. This is definitely not on the PowerPoint. You make known to me the path of life. 
In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You have made known to me, Lord God, the paths of life. The path of life. I've got to walk on it. But there's a fullness of joy in your presence. Obedience is not a dirty word, but one that needs to be rediscovered in this life. There is freedom in obedience. There is freedom in obedience. But if that is one side of the coin, that children obey your parents, and I'm sure you're all there, aren't you? Parents, you're thinking, oh, if only my little one was in here right now, Paul could really sock it to her. Children obey your parents. But if that is the case, it is also right that parents should require obedience from their children. You see, children aren't supposed to just obey their teachers, the police, their doctor, the flight attendant, the worker in the coffee shop. But the Bible actually says children are to obey their parents. And parents are to require obedience of their children. Parents play the critical role in discipling their children. And if your children do not learn to obey you, they will struggle to learn to obey anyone else. If your children do not learn from you how to obey you, they will struggle to learn to obey anyone else. I heard a story of a mother and child. Could have been a father and child, but in this case it was a mother and child. And they sat on an aeroplane waiting for it to take off. And the, 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 the little boy had his games console out like they all do. And the flight attendant came along the, 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 the aisle and was checking the seat belts and just said to the little child, Oh, can you turn off your games console because you can't have them on when we're taking off? And then she moved on. Child didn't really take any notice at all, just kept playing. Mum was sat next to the child, didn't say anything at all. So the flight attendant comes back up, doing a, doing a last check. Oh, please, can you turn off your games console? It needs to be off when the, when the, plane, is ta- when the plane is taking off the ground. She pauses a little bit longer. Looks like there might be a bit of movement from the child. So she moves on down, down the aisle. Games console stays on. Mum does nothing. Third time, the flight attendant comes down the aisle. This time, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, if you've been on a flight, she just waited and hovered now. She was, she was waiting for a response from the child. So in the end, begrudgingly, with a little bit of moaning, the child turns the, ga- the games console off. At this point, mum has still said nothing at all. Once it's off, the flight attendant goes to sit down. As soon as she's turned around, games console is on. Being played with again, and mum says Nothing. Whose responsibility is it? It's the mother's responsibility to train her child 
to follow God and to follow instructions. Now I know, I know as a parent how challenging that can be. But if this verse says that children are to obey their parents, there is also a requirement that parents should expect obedience from their children. Actually, for the children that are in here, there is some glum faces out there, I must admit. It says, doesn't it, in verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Therefore, parents, require obedience of your children. Teach them to joyfully respond to your instructions. This isn't just about action, it's about attitude as well. There was a little rhyme that, that our boys loved very much. You can go and ask Charlie or Josh later, I'm sure they remember it. It says, I will obey straight away with a happy heart. You can imagine how, I will obey straight away with a happy heart. <laughs> Obviously, we don't do that with them quite now. They're a little bit older, but when they were little. Because actually, it's not, it's not just about... It's not just about external things, about what's going on in the inside as well. In Roman and Jewish culture, the fathers had the ultimate responsibility for raising their children. And Paul didn't look to reverse it, he looked to reinforce it. Fathers, we have such a high calling. This is a unique role that we have we get to bring an understanding of what a father is like. We shape our children's perspective of what fathering is. We do, we do it whether we intend to or not, whether for good or for bad. We have this amazing opportunity to reflect the father's love to our children in how we act, talk and behave. And by the way, by the way, I mean... I. If we're requiring obedience from our children, joy-filled obedience, you know our actions speak much louder than our words. How? How are we when we need to obey ourselves? When the policeman pulls you over for going slightly too fast, do you moan and complain and say how unfair it is? Or do you do as you're told with a happy heart? As parents, this is our most important assignment. We have various seasons of life with our children, but they are all limited by time. Like a stopwatch that is counting down, once you've gone from one season to the next, you cannot have it back. When they've gone, they've gone. I've noticed that for my boys age 16 down to 8, you can think when you're in the middle of it with toddlers how long it seems to take to progress to the next stage, but it actually flies by. And it's gone. Wisdom for us is knowing what season we are in and investing our time, energy and emotion into the right place. For some of you, you'll be able to progress your career at a pace in 10 years' time, but you won't have your children at home then. I don't think that came out quite right. What, what I mean is, 
The time we have with our children at home is an important moment that you cannot get back. But our career will still be there in a number of years' time. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't work or look to progress your career. I'm not saying that at all. But wisdom is knowing the season you are in. And make sure you're investing for eternity, not just the next holiday. It says in Psalm 127, 3 to 5. I think this is up on the screen. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Children are a heritage from the Lord, an offspring, a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, a children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame where they contend with their opponents in court. Just to, just to remind you, I know you know this, but children are a blessing from God. They're a reward from him. Let me just give you 10 keys that hopefully will help you as parents if you are in the cut and thrust of it. Firstly, let me encourage you, you as a parent should lovingly require obedience. You should lovingly require obedience from your children. This develops as they grow, it changes as they grow, but it does start from the youngest years. Secondly, parents, you are not helpless with your toddler's tantrums. I know it can feel like it, but you are not helpless with your toddler's tantrums. <laughs> Thirdly, requiring obedience does take time and effort which I know as parents we don't always feel we have, but it's so important that we invest. Fourthly, require obedience in the small unimportant things in private so that they will respond positively to the big things in public. Fifthly, although it's right to require obedience, particularly fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Don't be harsh, demanding, or overly picky, but be loving and consistent and clear and affectionate. Give the best of your time and energy to your children as well as your workplace. Sixthly, parent from neither passivity or anger, there is a middle road. So do not parent as a reaction to how your parents were with you. Don't be a parent that just explodes with anger and frustration all the time. Do not be a parent that just sits back and does nothing. I'll leave it to my other half to do but parent in partnership and parent in a middle road. Parent from 1 Corinthians 13, where it talks about love being patient and kind. 
That was number seven. Number eight, remember that to a small child, you, re- you represent God as a parent. Your parenting will affect how they view God as father. It's such an honoured position. Number nine, children whose parents require obedience are happier. I'll say that again because you may doubt me. Children whose parents require obedience are happier. Why? Because who wants to be around an adult who is demanding, moody and selfish? And if you do not train your child in the way they should go, they will go a different way. And tenthly, the goal of parenting is to equip them to live, to live the adult life well and to point them to Jesus Christ. What I'd just love to do here before we take a slight turn is I'd like, if you are a parent with children at home, could you please stand? And if you are a child who is living at home, can you please stand? So all those on the back row, well done young men. Good. Lord, I just want to ask right now for every parent that has stood up, for grace, for grace to be poured out upon them. Father, for this most noble and amazing task, Lord, will you give them all that they need to follow you. As they reflect your love to the next generation, oh God, would you give them all the grace that they need. I ask you, Lord God, would you fill their hearts with love, not only for you, but for their children afresh. Would you give them fresh energy in all of their endeavours? I pray, Lord God, that they will be amazing at building friendship and relationship with their children. I ask you, Lord God, you give them great wisdom in discipline and training. Oh, Lord, give them everything. Give us everything that we need. I pray in Jesus' name I ask it. Lord, I pray for every child that is living at home, stood up at the moment. I ask you, Lord God, just for your grace to rest upon them. Lord, I pray particularly for those um, who are teenagers, who are growing into adulthood, who are adjusting themselves, but also parents are adjusting as well to them. Lord, I ask, Lord God, just for your help and your blessing. I pray, would you help them to honour mum and dad even when they think they're wrong? I pray, will you give them all the strength they need in that. I ask you, Lord God, where there is strife and difficulty at home, Lord God, that you will help by bringing peace and unity. Lord, I ask for your blessing. I pray, Lord, just for single parents here as well. Lord, just incredible job. Incredible people. Lord, I just ask for a special blessing on them. Oh, Lord Jesus, please, would you, would you come close? Lord, would you give them all the strength they need? 
I pray that in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't we take our seats? It says in verse 2 and 3, just as we move it on really, just to how do we honour our parents regardless of our our age. It says this, Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. This is so very, very important. And clearly, um, it's, it's different for adults to honour their parents than it is for children. So for children, the primary way that we honour our parents is through obedience. That's, that's the way we display honour to our parents. We obey what they say. But for adults, it is different. And uh, I've got three things that would be good for us to put into practice if we are to honour our parents. The first one is this, with honouring words. Tribute. Our words are so very powerful and the primary way that we honour our parents is by the way we speak about them. I was praying earlier in the week and... um, I thought I'd put it into practice. So, that, well, that didn't happen when I was practicing this preach yesterday, I tell you. I thought I'd do a little exercise and I thought I'd thank God for my dad. And I thought what I'd do is I thought what I'd do is I use all my creative energy to thank God for all of the good things about him. I mean he died three, four, five, five years ago. Same as Charlie's only (laughs) fourteen. No, he's not, he's sixteen. So this must be a sign of getting old. So my dad died five years ago. But I thought, I'm going to thank God for him. And I'm going to put the best of my energy into remembering how God made him and his investment into my life. And I was amazed... at how much good stuff God had put in him. Because we live in a culture where we're so quick to pull down and tear down anyone or anything in authority. We have a very critical edge to us as a nation and a people. And if we want to lose some of that, we need to get good at celebrating who people are and what God has done. And it's not my my dad wasn't perfect. Many of you know him, can remember him. You can remember his voice, remember the things he said. How strong he was in his opinions. But all of it, also his heartfelt love and commitment to church. His, his profound faith. 
profound faith affected his life, his heart to serve, first there, last to leave. The friendships he built, we didn't even know about them until his funeral. The, the weeks he gave, because I decided I'd build my extension myself, rather than employ a builder to do it all, so my dad did it. <laughs> and although he wasn't a man with many words, he expressed love in many other ways. And part of the reason for me saying these things is because I want to, one, I want to honour my dad, but two, I want to set you an example that you can honour your parents too. You can find the things that God has put into them and express them back. Respect. First one, honouring words. Second one is respect. To give weight to someone. Honour is about giving weight to someone. It's saying you are a weighty person, not physically, but in who you are, and therefore I'm going to give you time I'm going to give you attention, I'm going to give you respect, I'm going to give you honour. And thirdly, it's care. The way we honour our parents is we care for them. As our parents get older, they need the help and care that they once provided for us. As a follower of Jesus... We should look to provide all, that, all the help we can, all the help that is possible to them. We're called to honour our parents. I notice my mum does that with my granddad, week in, week out. Caring for him, loving him, although he doesn't really know what's going on. And at times he can be a bit difficult, to say the least. But that love, affection, that care. All of us are called to honour. That it may go well with us. There is a blessing as we honour our parents. It's not that we'll inherit some physical geographical land. I don't believe either that actually Paul is talking about salvation and heavenly inheritance. I, I just think there is a blessing that's received on us as we honour those that God has given to us as our parents. It's right. You may, you may be here, and I know there will be many, many of you, and I'm, I will close very quickly. And you may say, but my parents have failed me so badly what you're saying just seems a million miles away from where I'm at. I think I just want to say God is aware of broken families and is aware of broken parents. In actual fact, every parent is broken. And in Matthew 7, when Jesus was describing earthly parents, he called them evil in comparison to our heavenly Father. So when it comes to honouring our parents, we're always going to be honouring something that is a bit broken, that isn't quite right. But I do know that there is grace and there is a way back. And as I've been thinking and lingering on this, the only thing I can say to you 
is I think the first step in honour is forgiveness. And that it is impossible to honour if you haven't yet forgiven. And I know that for many of you, that is just a massive hurdle in itself. But I want to pray for you that God will give you grace to forgive. And that you will find a way back through whatever has happened in the past, however you've been treated, whatever has happened to you. Why don't we stand? I, I want to pray, and, and we will close relatively on time. Um, I, I want to pray for us that God will give us help to honour our parents. But I just want to say, I, I just feel this, it is never too late to start investing in your relationship with your children. I just want to say that again. I said it earlier in the preach, but I just think for some of you, you need to hear this. It is never too late to start investing in your relationship with your children. I'm not saying it'd be easier. I'm not saying even on the back of this morning, God will turn it all around, but it is never too late. Father, I thank you that you are the perfect father. <laughs> and I thank you, Father, that you love to lavish your grace on your broken children. Thank you, none of us in this auditorium deserve your affection, your forgiveness, your love, your forbearance. We, we don't. But I thank you, Father, that you have given it to us so freely. It comes free to us. I ask, Father, would you please just help us to honour our parents, Lord, as you've clearly instructed us to do in your word. I pray for those of us that are no longer living at home. I pray, help us to honour them through the words that we say. Not forever noticing their bad points, but getting good at honouring all the good stuff that is in them. I pray, help us to have respectful attitude, to give them weight, to give them space. I pray, Lord, help us to care for them to love them, to demonstrate that in practical ways. I pray, Lord God, help, help those of us who, our parents are no longer here, they've died, but I pray help us to process the memory of them and to honour them in the right way even though they're no longer here on the earth. That if we've, if we've, harboured bitterness or unforgiveness that you would help us Lord God to process that to forgive Lord God to let them go free Lord I ask you for your grace and your power in all of these things I pray that in your precious name Lord Jesus Amen now I know what we've been talking about uh, today is uh, a big thing 
if you would like the opportunity just to chat and pray with someone, if I can invite ministry team just to come to the front, if you'd like to talk about anything or pray about anything that's been spoken about today, just head to the front and you'll find some people here who would be very happy to work it through and process it with you. Thank you so much for coming. Um, Enjoy the sunshine and um, see you in midweek church life. Thank you very much.